I don't, you know, I'm gonna be real. Like, I don't even know how, like, the name of the month. Like, is it women? Is it Women's History Month? Is it Women's Month? Because mm. I know there's International Women's Day, but y'all mm -hmm. got a whole month too. <laughs> um. And I'm not saying that as like, I feel like that had a tone of jealousy. This is more of curiosity. It definitely came off as jealousy. Um, <laughs> like, you mad? Oh, you mad? No. no. Yeah, it's Women's History Month for the month of March in the United States. And then there's International Women's Day, self-explanatory, which is recognized all over the world. It's celebrating the achievements and accomplishments of women. Okay. Well, I feel like with our platform on the Quintueres podcast, we already doing, we're already doing our job in highlighting women within our community but i thought we could play a fun game today where looking forward there's wait 12 minus three there's nine months left in the year mm -hmm. there's four episodes each week so if we could pick five women that each of us would want to have on the podcast figure we could do a little draft oh okay a little march madness if you would Ooh, oh, I didn't, even, I didn't even think about that. Although there's no draft in March Madness, but sure, okay. yeah. But it's still basketball related. I'm proud of you for that. I'm proud of you for that. It was it was so close. It was so close. It was so close. <laughs> and you know, here you are living the stereotype that women don't know sports. There you go. You know, I do what I can. <laughs> Jerk. All good. Um, uh, yeah, I, d I do feel as though we do a really great job highlighting women on our platform. And we've gotten a lot of feedback on that. And at the same time, we it's not forced. Like, we don't need a special month just to, to bring it up, right? Like, it's just a part of the culture of the company that exists. I struggle with these months of celebration because, you know, Women's History Month. It's not like we're not highlighting women for Black History Month. It's not like we're not highlighting people that self-identify as Black and Latino, Latina, Latinx, Latina. Whoa, that was a mouthful. <laughs> we're already doing that. Hispanic Heritage Month. Oh, like, are we going to overemphasize on the Hispanics? Like, we're already doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's a desire to do a little bit more, but sometimes I don't know what to do during those months. You don't know what to do in what way? Like, what else? should we be doing you know what i mean like women's mm -hmm. history month you know we're already highlighting women in a variety of different you know countries industries that people work in etc cetera, etc cetera. it's like how can we make this even more special or do we even right for me the same struggling with the whole like celebration month thing and i want to get to a point where it's like a moot point like it's just how things are we don't have to celebrate or pay extra attention because we're constantly doing that on a regular basis, right? Like my hope is this whole conversation around DEI goes away and that we don't have to keep focusing on DEI specific initiatives and, you know, diversity training, because it's just a natural part of how we actually conduct ourselves on a day-to-day -day basis so right. until we get to that point we will continue doing this and we will continue highlighting the things that we need to speak about i'm really proud 
of our platform and the stories that we get to share, they inspire me on a regular basis. So, you know, this March Madness draft, (laughs) not during draft is exciting because I feel like there are some really dope women out there that I look up to and admire that I don't want to say that they're role models, but it's like, oh, you're doing some cool shit and I want to hear more about it. So um, ladies first. (laughs) That's fair. Fair. All right. So I'm going to pull one out that you probably have on your list, but I'm going to take it anyways, which is which is good, right? It's good that we both have her. Number one, for sure, for me, is AOC. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> to have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on the show would be amazing. And for me in particular, the fact that she's um, a year younger than I am is even more so. And she started in hospitality. I worked in hospitality for a long time. And for her to just basically base her campaign on like, I'm looking around and I don't like the way things are. And so I'm going to do something about it. And she was the ultimate underdog and people really didn't believe in her. And then here's this Puerto Rican woman from the Bronx. Now she's U.S. representative. I think it would be amazing to hear her on you know what we're gonna stay in new york and i'm gonna pick the one and only cardi b (laughs) i just put myself in cardi b's shoes and i can imagine the number of times that people told her to stop that no one's gonna Mm. listen to her music if she continued to rap talk dress etc the way that she continues to do it People are not going to take you seriously as a woman, blah, blah, blah. And I'm making up this story in my head, but it's a story that we hear so often on the podcast and other industries that Mm -hmm. in a male-dominated space like music, like rap, rap, and with her coming from a dancing background where Mm -hmm. she was sexualized for many years... I wonder like how difficult it was for her to remain true, authentic, despite all of the naysayers and people potentially telling her to change. Yeah. Because from my vantage point, she made it look pretty easy. Like she 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 was like, I am who I am and mm. y'all could get with it or get lost. Yeah. Right. So that's I wonder what, that's what that's what we see, well, right? But like what happens yeah. behind the scenes? Like, was it that easy? Exactly. All right. So who's next? For me, the next one is a fellow Brazilian, and that is Ligiani Jones. And for those who don't know, Ligiani Jones is Slack's new CEO. So she just became CEO this past year. And when I tell you the emotion that I got when I read that news, I will also in full transparency say that like I didn't know about Ligiani prior to that. So her getting to that title and the press around it, it it's one of those things where, oh, now I can see myself in that position, mm-hmm. right? Like Slack is a part of Salesforce, which is one of the biggest organizations, tech companies on the planet, right? let alone just the US. And to have a woman, a Brazilian woman now at the helm with a quote unquote non-traditional background in the sense of 
when you have these sort of like secession planning um, meetings and whatnot, and you're looking at who are going to be the folks that are going to step up as other folks like leave the organization, retire, resign, whatever. Um, usually it's folks that have been in the organization, right? And within Salesforce, that's kind of the thing, right? But the executives have been there for 10 plus years. And then prior to that, we're at like Oracle. Yeah, they get like a chief product officer, a chief market, like somebody that's, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's people that they've worked with and that have been with the company, all that. And that's not Lujiani's story. She hasn't been with the organization for that long. I think she was there for less than three years, potentially, within like that area. And she, prior to that, was at Sonos, which is a completely different organization. So that was really inspiring for me as a Brazilian woman. I know it's something that we talk about kind of often that Brazil just doesn't get the visibility and like Brazilians don't get the visibility within this country because it's very much a not from here or there situation to like an even greater extent because it's like, okay, we're not really, you know, American enough, but we're not Latino enough either. And people have told me like, just in in passing like oh yeah um it's because like you look like you're latina so everybody thinks you are and it's like i am i'm not hispanic but i am latina mm -hmm. and it's just wild it's just wild but for sure that is my second pick my second pick speaking of slack this woman is not slacking <laughs> and you said inspirational this woman inspires me because I think of, again, so many of the women have been on this podcast that have felt the need to tone down the colors that they choose when it comes to their outfits. The blacks, the navies, the grays. I feel like she might've been on your list, but I'm gonna steal this one. Ah! Reyna Noriega. This For sure woman, was on my list. This woman is so talented. And we were talking about her before our call but i was just like i love her choice of colors and it's not only about the colors that she puts on the canvas i feel like she's one of those artists that lives her raps <laughs> you know <laughs> what i mean like she wears the same colors that she uses to paint it looks like when she wants to get dressed up in the morning she literally dives into her canvas and comes out with an outfit like she's right? just so fly so talented and so colorful. I promise that's a compliment. And it comes off as a compliment, 100%. Okay. And, she, and she was on my list for sure. Especially ah! because she's, she's, a, she's a Miami native. Ah, that was a steal. Let's go. <laughs> but yeah, and I had the pleasure of meeting Reyna at an event here in Miami. And I've also been a huge, you know, supporter of hers. Her most recent so she's an artist, obviously, like painting and whatnot, but she also writes poetry. Oh, and I didn't know. Yeah, she's, you're not a real fan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, not the Renaissance woman over here. <laughs> she, she's published, I think, three books now. And um, her most recent publication, Cocoon, uh, came out after the pandemic and she wrote it during the pandemic. And it's such a beautiful like love poem to yourself as i was reading it it got me through such a transitional point in my life 
And it just hit to my core when everything was changing around me. Her poetry just put into words things that I've been feeling since the pandemic that I couldn't articulate. And it it gave me such a deep sense of healing. When I saw her at this event, I was like, okay, well, don't be corny. But I was like a little (laughs) awestruck. I'm like, and don't think about it too much. And I went up to her and I was like, I just want to say like your poetry transformed my life. And when I tell you she's the sweetest, kindest soul and the reason why her paintings look like that, the reason why her outfits look like that is that that's what her soul looks like. It's light and cheery and colorful and yes, 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 Raina, we need you. There's so many people that I know want to dress like her, accessorize the colors, all of it, but they are scared to or they don't feel comfortable enough to do that in the spaces where they exist. And it's unfortunate, but she's, yeah, yeah, she's an inspiration. And also you just completely shitted on my fandom. So thank you for that. (laughs) I didn't didn't shit on it. I just (laughs) called it out for what it was. You're just like, I'm just, I'm just a better, I'm just a better fan. It's all right. I I was just, I was just salty that you, you took from my list. That's all. (laughs) All right. What is your number three pick? Okay. So my number three pick is Beatriz Acevedo. And she is the CEO of Suma Wealth. And formerly, she ran um, Mitu. And financial literacy, for me, is so important. It's already been shown that over our lifetime, like we will earn $1 million less than our white male counterpart. And then when you take into account how you could be investing that money, the conversation needs to be had. And I'm really grateful that there is someone out there having the conversation, providing the resources, and really making sure that Latinas are equipped to be able to reach financial freedom. Like that's the point of this country, right? Like our parents came here for a better future and women have been left out of the conversation when it comes to money and even more so Latinas. Well, that number three pick is, I think, a little ironic because my number three pick, speaking of investments, was an investor in that company. Really? Also ironic, her name is Samara. (gasps) I'm going with Samara Mejia Hernandez, founder of Chingona Ventures, and one of their portfolio companies is actually Suma Wealth. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm like low-key mad that I didn't pick her. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, same name. Come on. Like, that should be your first pick. Seriously. Okay, so say more. Why did you pick her? When you think of venture capital, the money that goes to women founders and founders of color, very, very low. Probably to- yeah. in total less than 5%. So mm-hmm. in order to change the face of where those dollars are going, you need a seat at the table. And sometimes you need to create your own table. And that's what she did with Chingona Ventures. She literally created her own table, her own VC fund, so that she could have more control over where those dollars went. And talk about a prime example of investing in the community that you came from. Suma Wealth, I think, is a great example of that. But she started her career in finance and investment banking. Not surprising, given that she's in VC right now. So I want to hear about what it's like to work, you know, at the trade at the trading desk and the the Goldman Sachs of the world as a, as an associate, as an analyst, and all of those things. To now in VC, 
you know, you got to think about like where do those initial funds come from that she mm-hmm. then takes and reinvests? Like she's out there pitching herself, pitching her fund and saying like, hey, rich people, give me the money because I know where to invest it. Like that takes a lot of trust and I'm assuming maybe this is a story that I'm making up in my head, but I'm assuming there's got to be a level of insecurity around how am I going to show up to these meetings? Right. Are they going to take me seriously in, in all of those like emotions? I want to hear about all of those things. I don't know if you remember this, but I went to a conference last year and she was actually one of the panel speakers so dope like amazing insight and obviously her name is samara and so <laughs> the the moderator is asking her questions i so remember the story so i like took a video and i like closed my eyes and i pretended that the moderator was asking me the questions and i literally go back and listen to this interviewer asking, you know, so Samara, because that's my one of my goals, like, I want to be able to cut the checks one day too, and be able to invest in our community. So it's like, so Samara, tell me what was it like, you know, with raising your first round of funds, and I just close my eyes. And I'm like, she's talking to me. Like, this is what it's going to sound like when I'm being interviewed. And like, Samara is not a a common name. So when I hear it, it it just hits so hard. I still have a video. I still listen to it. You remember that? I do remember that now that you mentioned it. Yeah, that's such a dope story. I love that. So with my fourth pick, who I want to have on the podcast would be Carla Vernon. And she is the CEO of uh, The Honest Company. And she's one of the only Afro-Latina to be a CEO at a publicly traded US company. So, and I do want to highlight though, when it comes to women in senior executive positions, uh, there was a study that was done last year by Lehman and McKinsey that showed that women of color held 19% of entry-level positions. And as you went up, as you can imagine, it's, it's a pyramid, right? So it's it's less and less and less, right? Manager of 14, director or senior manager is 10, VP 8. By the time you get to C-suite position, it's only 5% of those positions are held by women of color. And this is in contrast to white women, because for entry level positions, while we're at 19%, white women are 29%. Here's the thing, though, when it comes to C-suite positions, we are at 5%, white women are at 21%. So there's not as much of a drop off for white women as there are for women of color. So when one of us makes it to that C-level position, like it's a big deal. It deserves to be celebrated. Her first LinkedIn picture when she announced it and she was like, this is my first day fit. I was like, okay, you got a little swag to you. I see you. (laughs) Go Carla. I'm like, I'm trying to bump into you in the office, compliment them kicks. Ah, she's going to be on swag and substance. Maybe. We got to bring that back. For my fourth pick, I'm picking Corrine Jean-Pierre, who is the White House press secretary. And this one may be a little bit of a controversial pick because I'm not sure if she self-identifies as Latina. Really? She's Haitian. Oh. And 
I want to have more Haitian people on the podcast because I think it's such an interesting dynamic when it comes to identity. Mm-hmm. It's literally sharing the same island as the Dominican Republic, yet I don't think many people would even consider Haiti part of Latino of Latin America. Right. And it's not because of language, because Brazil, the main language is Portuguese. Yeah. So what are yeah. we really saying? But besides that, I think from a professional standpoint, to work in an area like politics that is so heavily scrutinized from what you wear to how you speak. I mean, this is the same industry or a place of work where the biggest scandal that Barack Obama had was that he wore a tan suit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this is yeah. the same industry that is now passing legislation to say that women can't bear arms. <laughs> a reference to a previous episode. So I, I just want to know how she deals with all the dynamics. The majority of the people that I know who have Haitian backgrounds do not identify as Latina. Interesting. That was that was a nice little little wild card there. I didn't see that one coming. I like it. Thank you. And I tried to do five, but I think you only had four. So we're doing a top yeah. four, I suppose. I, I like top four. So next step, I think we agree to formally ask these people if they're going to be on the podcast about it we need your help right so now you know who our dream podcast guests are for this year we've got eight slots so ask number one is are you connected to any of these women can you give an intro hit us up connect us on ig on linkedin email whatever it is to get some of these all of these women on to to talk about their experience and number two is who do we miss? Who do you want to see? Right? Exactly. Let us know. And we'll and we'll do more of these drafts in different variations. We'll do one for men. We'll do certain industries because I think this is a fun way to just dream a little bit around who we want. Yeah, for sure. Mi gente, that wraps up another episode of the Quien Duetas podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please do us a favor. Like, share, comment wherever you're listening to this please leave us a review it's only going to help us in the algorithms to ensure that these stories and experiences get heard by as many people as possible because that's the only way that we're going to redefine professionalism see you next week